0: The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ.
1: We've been doing a special practice. And uh, in case you didn't know, uh, the scripture that Mary Ann just shared, John and I had not read this week yet. Uh, much like we just saw our children bring us a surprise. Marianne got to bring us a surprise. And what we're trying to model together is that process of hearing God's Word, Mm -hmm. opening the Scriptures, knowing that God can speak through His living Word right then and right there. So this morning, what we've been doing uh, these last several weeks is beginning our time of sharing and teaching by by taking that scripture once again and reading it from another translation. It's a way in which we can listen more closely. Mm -hmm. It's a way in which we can catch something a little more easily much like we ask a friend to respond or, or repeat what they just said to us. And often when we hear it again, we, we, get, we gain greater clarity. So here is Romans 8. Once again, Romans eight twenty six to through 31. And I'm reading from the Common English Bible. It says this. In the same way, The Spirit comes to help our weakness. We don't know what we should pray, but the Spirit himself pleads with our case with unexpressed groans. The one who searches hearts knows how the Spirit thinks because he pleads for the saints consistent with God's will. We know that God works all things together for good for the ones who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. We know this because God knew them in advance, and he decided in advance that they would be conformed to the image of his son. That way, His son would be the first of many brothers and sisters. Those who God decided in advance would be conformed to his son, he also called. Those whom he called, he also made righteous. Those whom he made righteous, he also glorified. So, what are we going to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? Mm. So, Pastor John, I'll ask you what, what Paul asks us. What will we say about these things today? Well, Pastor
0: Severio, I have to confess to you that if I were to know ahead of time that I were to preach for the very last time in this lifetime that I would preach Romans 8 the whole chapter I would tell people if you need to get up and go while I'm preaching help yourself but I'm not going to stop until I get to the last verse of Romans chapter 8 because if I have to identify one single chapter in all of scripture that that helps me tell my story of coming to faith in Christ and living this life of faith practice, I leaned so heavily upon Romans eight. So when Marianne read Roman, announced Romans eight, I went, oh goody, goody, goody. We might be late for lunch. And I'm kinda stuck in select mode as to which part to pick and and even of just this short part of Romans eight. But what speaks most clearly this morning is the part about praying. Oftentimes in life, as as, as pastors, we have the grace to walk alongside families through tremendous joy and tremendous ache and the words don't always come out of my mouth knowing what to pray I I remember sitting with someone in the hospital who was at the lowest point of her young life and she said pastor John would you pray I said yes and we held hands and I closed my eyes and there weren't any words. There weren't even wordless sighs or aching groans. And I opened my eyes and I looked at this, this young friend and said, I'm waiting for the Spirit to lead me in what to say because right now the Spirit is praying on our behalf. And, and, and that's, what, that's what Paul wrote to the church in Rome, and to us, that even when we only have wordless sighs or aching groans, the Spirit has the God-given ability to translate even those into our prayers so that God hears and answers them. Here's, Here's how Eugene Peterson translates that in the message. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in us and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs and our aching groans. He knows far better than we know, he knows us far better than we know ourselves and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail of our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Every detail of our lives is worked into something good. And and it's that praying, when we don't have words to say. That that is part of the process of things being worked into good. Last week I shared a little bit about um, about sharing my faith practice with my dad, and um, this week I'm compelled to share. Uh, the beginnings of my understanding of a call to ordained ministry. I Woke up July 1st of 1985 and my dad had passed away in his sleep and I was 19 and um, we got through that because of the faith community that we were a part of. Our pastors, our friends in that church, um, our, our family and our, our, our extended family continually prayed for us checked on us visited with us and and that fall i had the opportunity as a sophomore in college to lead the senior high bible study at our church and that is the bible study where i came to faith in christ Um, and one of the young women in that bible study uh, amy her her sister was killed in a car accident about three weeks before christmas And she called and left a message with my mom that she wanted to talk. And I came home from work and mom said, John, uh, Amy called from Bible study and she wants to talk. She wants you to come over and see her. And I said, oh, okay. And mom said, you need to know that her sister was killed. And I said, okay. So I called her back and set a time and and went over and, and, and we visited and we read scripture and we prayed. And we cried. And, and all the way home, I drove down Kirkendall Road to 1960, and FM 1960 all the way to our home. And, and all the way, I kept hearing this replay over in my head, kind of a conversation with myself. When your dad died, you called Pastor Mark. And when Amy's sister was killed, she called you. Now, you have to understand, I was still in in the beginnings of of engineering as as a college student, and so I was in my—probably my second semester of calculus, and math was heavy on my mind, and so I went mathematical on it. If A equals B that I called Pastor Mark and B equals C that Amy called me, then A equals C, Pastor Mark— is leading Pastor John to become Pastor John. And then I'd ask myself the question, do you get that? (laughs) And I said, no. (laughs) All the way home, that kept playing over and over and over again. And as I listened to that beginning of the call on my life, as, as, as I continued to lead Bible study, and and share in ministry with Amy and all all the other students, um, God began or continued to work on me to help me understand that it is precisely because of walking through my grief of my father's death that Amy was able to reach out to me like I was able to reach out to Pastor Mark. And and it, it, it was that, that praying on the inside, if you will, that began a transformation of, of my life in a way um, that continues to this day, that, that brings us to this point. Um, and it, 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 it was in those beginnings of. of Caring for another child of God, that I began to understand, um, a, a lifelong calling to be engaged in that care, because of the community of faith that I'd come to know. Um, that 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 that's what that that is that 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 praying and that working for good. Um, At 19 years old, I did not believe that my father's death at the age of 54 was good, and it was not. He neglected his body and his body wore out. Um, But through that process of teaching and and sharing with students and and living my life, God brought me to this place to do things like backpack sermons, and to bring us to the heart of this good news that, that in all things, God is working for the good because the Spirit is praying on our behalf when we don't have words.
1: What do you think? I, that reminds me of uh, one of my favorite sort of revelations about prayer and, and how it makes me understand that it is a continual, Mm -hmm. conversation between us and God and among God. A pastor in England by the name of Pete Craig, I heard once say, how many, how much of our lives right now are currently shaped by prayers we long forgotten that we prayed? Mm. Long ago, we prayed a prayer and God is still at work in us because of a prayer that you prayed or a prayer that someone else prayed for you and that is is already shaping or are right now still shaping your life and then he said even though you've forgotten God has never forgotten hmm. and so this is an ongoing you can just uh, a picture a song that literally never ends, a dance that has no finale to it. I mean, there's never a bow at the end because it just continues, it continues, it continues, this entire movement of praying with God. And, and as I hear Paul telling us and teaching us about the Spirit constantly interceding for us, and we get to know that. We get to know that the Spirit is constantly praying for us, and I believe that shapes our rhythm, much like our children's rhythms are shaped by watching us. Yeah. So this uh, week, and I'm still this something happened at our house. I, I heard overheard Liam, our son, uh, praying a prayer that totally shook me, and I'm still thinking about it and trying to make sense of it. I mean, what you need to know is that at Vacation Bible School, a couple of weeks, we demonstrated the uh, miracle of the loaves and the fishes. You remember that story where Jesus yeah. takes two loaves and several fishes and feeds 5,000? We, we decided to demonstrate that for the kids with goldfish. You know, the goldfish crackers that everybody can't get enough of and we just kept making goldfish appear and appear and appear. We're, we're trying to pattern that for the kids and the, to them for them to get a visual mm-hmm. of his miracle. So it's one morning, probably like Tuesday or Wednesday morning, I'm getting ready, and I'm in the other room, and Liam is is looking in the cupboard and the kitchen, and suddenly I hear, dear God, can you? Please bring more peanut butter crackers, please. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so I went back into the kitchen, and I asked Liam what, what that was about. And he said, well, we're out, of, we're, we're out of peanut butter crackers. And I said, well, we, we know I have to go to H-E-B. I'll, I'll pick you up some peanut butter crackers if you want. He's like, no, no. We learned at Bible school that he can make more goldfish, I'm sure he can make more peanut butter crackers too. All right. And I, uh, I didn't know what to respond to that because that, that is true. We do believe in a God that nothing is impossible. And, and I'm witnessing with my very own eyes how his, shape, his faith is being shaped by what he is witnessing. And and that just stirred in my heart as a pastor how I am being reminded in my own life and how we're reminding you that if we want to build up a generation Mm. that prays, that seeks God, it's not in just the knowledge, but in the awareness that that is happening around them. And us, that they see us praying, that they see us praying, Um, praying even when we don't know how to pray, and how that is connected to our awareness of the Spirit praying and leading us to pray. Mm. We're not alone in this. Before any parent or any person becomes overwhelmed of, of anything, we're not alone in this. The Spirit leads us to pray even when we don't know how to pray And as we pray, we're shaping the faith of countless others, not just in our household, but countless others that we we cannot begin to know and collect the list of how that is impacting the world around us. Pastor, I love the
0: the idea of long-forgotten prayers and, and I love the way that, that oftentimes God reminds us and helps us remember those long-forgotten prayers. Years and years ago, so far back, I don't even remember when, but I saw on, on probably National Geographic or, or some kind of, show like that, a documentary about a little bird that lives in the North Atlantic called a puffin. Cute little bird, looks like a royal regal clown. Um, and I, I remember seeing that show and thinking to myself, one day... I want to take pictures of puffins with my camera. I, I remember thinking that, and then I remember forgetting that and not thinking about it for years. And in, in, in May of 2015, um, I received the grace of being able to make pilgrimage to a community called Iona, one of the saints that we we name in our windows is St. Columba. St. Columba lived in Ireland um, and and was was a monk, and an abbot, and he took 12 brothers, got in a coracle without a rudder, and set sail from Northern Ireland, and said, where God leads us, we will establish community. And they landed on the island of Iona, the Hebrid islands of, of Northern Scotland, or, yeah, Northern Scotland, and they established a monastic community in the 500s that long ago. And since that time, there have been, in, in some form or fashion, a monastic community on the island of Iona to this day. Many of them were, were wiped out by Viking raiders um, and they were persecuted and prosecuted, but they evangelized all of northern Scotland. And everything that we have of Celtic Christianity comes from that initial mission to the island of Iona by St. Columba and his brothers. And so we made pilgrimage and, and, and we stayed there in a hostel for. Uh, several, several days and on one of our days we made a trip to the island of Staffa and, and there are two great things about the island of Staffa one is Fingal's cave Fingal was, was a mythical monster in Ireland and when he would go away and not bother people one of the places that he would go was to Fingal's cave on Staffa and Felix Mendelssohn visited that island and Fingal's Cave and wrote uh, the Hebrides Overture, which the Symphony of Southeast Texas will perform this fall. Um, All kinds of neat connections happening there that that are beyond beyond coincidence. Uh, The other great thing about the island of Staffa is there is, when they're there, not migrating there is a community of puffins that live there and so we were on the boat on the way to staffa when all of a sudden the the boat captain said the puffins are there today and all of a sudden in my mind and in my soul i remembered seeing that documentary and praying just conversing with myself one day I want to take pictures of puffins and I got to take a picture of a puffin. It was cool. Um, in, in, in fact, oftentimes it's on my Facebook page as, as my um, profile picture and one of my friends on this trip said, your spirit animal must, must be a puffin, Pastor John. I said, well, I, I'm kind of the class clown, I, I, I guess that fits. One of, the, one of the deeper, long-forgotten prayers is also connected to my call to ministry. When, when we lived in the island of, of St. Croix, um, and I was in the eighth grade, Mrs. Dunn, Kay Dunn was, was my English teacher, and, and her son, Chris, was one of my best friends in, in all the world, and uh, they were Roman Catholic, and they went to St. Anne's, uh, Catholic Church on St. Croix, and their, their particular rhythm was to go to Saturday evening mass. And Kay played the flute in, in, in the musical team that led worship on, on Saturday evening. And, and one night, um, one Saturday evening, Chris, who was in the catechumen at what we call confirmation class, was wearing an alb, and he was holding the book for the priest now, what you need to know is that I didn't grow up with a rhythm of participating in church. I, I didn't grow up in, 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 a, in a family that had a rhythm of prayer. Um, I, would, I would have called this a, a God-fearing or acknowledging family, but, but we didn't have that rhythm of, of faith practice, and, and so this was, this was new to me um, to... to we went occasionally, but, but to go, I, I went to St. Anne's for, for several months in a row, and, and I remember that night that, that my friend Chris was holding the book at the altar for the priest who was saying mass. I remember saying to myself, that's my spot. That's where I belong. Now, I, 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 don't, I don't know any other way to explain how that happens for an unchurched eighth grade boy, I mean, any of you gentlemen remember being eighth grade boys? (laughs) Eighth grade boys typically don't have thoughts like that. Much less eighth grade boys who didn't grow up going to church. And in my soul I knew more than I knew anything else in that moment, that that was my spot. That's where I belong. That's what I said to myself. And, and um, now I'm a pastor. It, it, it's, um, it's absolutely beautiful the way that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, prays with us, in us, and for us, and even long forgotten prayers, God remembers because we know it, God is faithful all all the time. And I have to say, Pastor Severio, that um, this experience of backpack sermons has been quite interesting for me as a pastor. It's, it's the first time in 25 years that, that on Saturday, I know that I'm preaching on Sunday, but I have no idea what we're gonna be talking about. <laughs> but what I know and what we've experienced, what we have shared, in in searching the Scriptures together is precisely what we have proclaimed today. That because God is for us, who can be against us? Psalm 27 that we read several weeks ago says, "'The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid?' And the answer is no one and no thing. Let's pray together. Mighty and, and awesome God, we are so thankful that your spirit knows so well how to pray, especially when, when all we have are wordless sighs, and aching groans, and God, we have those. You know we do because you hear them and, and in them you hear our prayers. And even when we've forgotten what we've prayed, you remember and you answer. Even the smallest of matters, and especially the gravest of our questions you answer because you were faithful and so we pray and we give you thanks and praise that your word is alive among us and leading us into all faithfulness we pray this Through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you, one God, now and forever. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.